When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner, college football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard that right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game no matter what. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Remember, you must be 21 or older and live in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or if you live in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Tendy Talk, presented by the BLPA and the Hockey Podcast Networks. I am your host Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with Nathan Hendrick of Pro Skate Goal and Glass Goaltending. Nate was one of the voices on the now defunct The Backups podcast and he did my plea to reach out to me if you knew a goalie who I should talk to. That goalie just so happened to be him. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Nate. Well, Nate, thanks for joining me on the podcast. It's uh, nice to have you on. You were nice enough to uh, respond on social media when I I put the call out there of, hey, I'm looking for more goalies to uh, have on, and uh, here we are today. Of course, of course. Are we recording now? or? Yeah, yeah. This will be in? It'll be in. <laughs> okay. All right. Just you're gonna keep you can keep even that in. That's funny. I usually when I did it, I I would always say like beforehand, I'd make some 
off off the off the mark joke and then uh and then say oh don't worry i'll cut it out and then i wouldn't cut it out it'd be funny but nice. um yeah no I, I i saw you posted that and uh I've actually, I'd never been on the interview, like uh, I've never been interviewed myself. It's always been me on the other end. So I was like, I kind of want to try it out to see, <laughs> see uh, if I have anything interesting I can share. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, that's a nice dovetail, you know, for those that don't know, you know, you've got your own podcast, the backups, uh, where you're, you're talking to other goalies. And it's funny because when I came across that one, I was like, well, that's the story of my college career right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I, uh, so I, I, we're, we're, we're done recording that now. Um, mm-hmm. as of, um, I think the last one was Christmas. We did one with, uh, Goche. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we did it all of last year, uh, but you know, pretty much most of 2020 we were doing it and, uh, had some, like, it was fun. Some of the funnest times in my life for sure. I mean, I just love, I mean, I'm sure you probably get it yourself. It's nice to just get the stories and, and everything locker room talk from, from all goalies or from, uh, you know, around the world around North America. So, um, I'm kind of, it sucks that, uh, that we're not doing that anymore. It was a tough decision to stop it, but we all got a uh, busy lives, college and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and junior hockey and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. It is tough running a podcast, you know, if, with just one person, uh, oh, yeah. I, I can't imagine scheduling with other people as well to, to make sure, uh, you know, everything goes accordingly. Unless you're, you know, the spit and chiclet guys where that's, that is your job. That's the only thing you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, we're not getting paid too much for this one, Joe, but uh, no. it's, I, well, I mean, I would, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe you are. I don't know. I wasn't, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I uh, it was easy. It was easier in some regards because we had, I had more people to share the workload with, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, way more difficult to schedule two other people and a guest. And for a while we were doing it twice a week. So yeah, it just, it, it became too much, but, um, respect to you for, for doing it a one man show it, there's so much more work that goes into these podcasts than a lot of people realize. I mean, obviously record, do the interview, and then people might assume there might be a little bit of editing, whatever mm-hmm. it is just like, a, almost a full-time job when you, when you get down to it of, you know, planning for the interview, booking guests, doing the, the social media, cutting the audio together, uploading it, getting it on the, on all the platforms, recording your ads. You got your pre-roll ads that I've heard on a few of them for mm-hmm. you got DraftKings. man. I couldn't get anybody. Well, <laughs> I, I do. And I don't, I'm part of the hockey podcast network. And uh, what, what's yeah. great about them is, you know, they've pulled their resources together and said, you know, combined with all of these different podcasts within the network, uh, you know, we're reaching X number of listeners a week. So um, right. I just started that. I, I, I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure how, how that's working out, but hey, it's a couple of seconds uh, at the beginning of each podcast. And um, yeah, I, I feel like Biz doing my ad reads. I'm terrible at it and hopefully I get better. <laughs> hey, you sounded all right to me. I mean, we always struggled like I don't know. I didn't join a network, but I didn't know about like about the networks, whatever. I, I never got asked by anybody. So it was never really on my radar, but I remember we sent out. So um, obviously I'm going to assume people listening to haven't, haven't heard of, of my podcast or ever, but we sent out like, I want to say 80 emails to uh, all these different companies and only I sent it out to like, oh, I'm not going to say the ones that didn't respond, but Beaver Buzz, it's like a Canadian energy drink. They responded <laughs> and they said they'd send me a pack of Beaver Buzz if I, if I did a promo and I was like, ah, maybe I'll hold off. But <laughs> looking back now, it wouldn't have been the, wouldn't have been the worst thing to do it, but. Yep. 
Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of fun sometimes when uh, these different groups reach out to you. In fact, that's what happened to me with the Hockey Podcast Network. They they found the podcast, they liked it, and they uh, they reached out to me, and I said, "All right, yeah, we'll we'll see what this uh, what this entails." So let let's start. You know, well, that's with, awesome. They reached out to you. You didn't even have to go after them. Yeah, it, it made it easier for me. Um, but let, let's back up to the backup podcast. You know, where did that idea come sure. from? Oh, in its conception. So um, myself and and one of my co-hosts, Fabio Buzzi, we both worked at a, a pro skate goal. Um, mm-hmm. That's the, you know, hockey store here in Calgary. Um, decent following online. We did. Um, yeah, we did most of the pretty much all the social media and, and all that stuff. So uh, when COVID happened, unfortunately, you know, no business for hockey stores. Uh, yeah. My boss, Peter Martin, um, they had to make the difficult decision to close the doors. So we got you know laid off for a little while and I remember one day we were sitting in this basement listening to, I don't know, chicklets or something. And we were like, you know, I feel like it's a kind of a cliche to start a podcast right now. But at the same time, we have so many like throughout the store, like working at Pro Skate, we knew like every goalie in Alberta and BC mm-hmm. was just got, you know, everyone. And and it was, we kind of missed shooting the shit. Can I swear on here? Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. All right. Fuck. No, uh, we, we miss, uh, we miss shooting the shit with, uh, some of the boys in in the store. And, and so we just decided let's, let's start something. We'll do, um, a couple episodes. We'll talk about our own hockey history. Like I played junior B, I uh, just, my last year was last year and, and, uh, and Fabio played minor hockey growing up. Jay, our, our third, uh, co-host joined in a little later. He plays uh junior A, he played for the Cranbrook bucks in the BCHL last year. Um, and yeah, we, we just wanted to, kind of i mean goalie specific it was such a niche market we knew we were never going to blow up like crazy with it but that wasn't really the goal we we wanted to kind of encapsulate goalies personalities a little bit because you know goalies are weird whatever goalies this and that and and it was kind of nice to be able to showcase some of the you know okay maybe they are weird and but they got some great stories you know we yep. we, we wanted to kind of get that out there and we did not only goalies i had interviews with you know, a couple of different, just regular hockey players and, and, uh, industry, industry professionals, like, uh, some reps from Bauer and, and, uh, Spencer fear from Bauer. We interviewed him and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that I was mean, a great was, episode. Uh... Oh, you listened to that one. Yep. Yeah. I, I oh, used okay. to uh, listen to the podcast when I would, was going to the gym pre COVID. Uh, <laughs> oh, no uh, way. Yeah. I, I say pre COVID because things shut down a little slower here than they did by you guys. Um, right. Where do you live? I don't, I don't where, I, where I, you... I'm in Minnesota these days. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're, I'm in Calgary. So yeah, we, uh, I mean, we shut down early on and didn't open up until a month ago, but now we're the only place open in, in Canada pretty much. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, we had a lot of, I tried to get not just goalies on. Um, I mean, majority of it was that, but I wanted some other people. If you weren't, if you weren't a goalie, you could still listen to it, have some fun yep. uh, and hear some good stories. Yeah. And you know, that, that's kind of the goal of Tendi talk too, is it's mostly goalies. I've had some other folks on that aren't goalies. Um, you know, most notably Kaz from the, for the love of puck project, uh, just cause I, I love what they're doing over there. And he lets me come right. to his skates and he usually has beer afterwards, which is even better. Uh, that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that's why we, we do it at our, you know, post competitive days is for the uh, parking lot beers. I, I, I like to say, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just fun to talk to other goalies, find find out what their story is, you know, kind of what drove them in those competitive days, in my opinion. Um, and then just kind of, you know, what what I've noticed with a lot of 
the beer league goalies is right after that competitive uh, experience ended, they took time off. They were almost burnt out. Um, I took time off and it wasn't because I was burnt out. It was because I had small children at home and didn't have the time. Uh, But there's usually a reason for that, that break. And then all of a sudden there's this aha moment, like, I want to get back to it. And when, once you get back to it, it's like you're a squirt again, cut, catching a puck for the first time. Like, man, I miss this. I love it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say that. I, cause I, um, obviously, like I said, my last, my last year of hockey was this last season that just ended. Um, and I sold all my gear and, and I was going to buy new stuff. Well, I didn't sell all my gear, I sold my pads and gloves. Cause I usually did that every season and I just reordered some new stuff, but, um, I don't know. I haven't. And I don't think I will for, for a while. Like you said, it's kind of, it, I've lost, uh, uh, lost the ambition to play goalie in beer league. I think I love playing in junior B because I love playing on a team in junior B hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as I was done, I was like, no, I just, I, I, I'm not, I can't really get into beer league right now. So maybe look further down the road, I'll get into it. But for now I'm just, co- I've co- I'm coaching the team that I played on last year. So. Oh, nice. You know, and, and that, that's what I did right after my yeah. college days were over. I, I got into coaching at the high school level here in Minnesota. I was a goalie coach and assistant JV coach. And because of that, again, we were on the ice six days a week during the season. So it's not like I had time for my own games or a few pickups here and there. But uh, that that was enough for me. You know, it... it uh, mm-hmm satisfied the appetite for hockey i I was still around goalies (laughs) i I was shooting on them and picking on them at the same time um but at at, there is almost like i said that that need to step away and rediscover that love for the not not just the game but the position yeah absolutely because i still love you know i love hockey i'm working in hockey my career is hopefully going to continue to be in hockey Um, but just actually strapping up the pads and going on the ice. I think I'll take a little while off of that one. So I, you know, there, there's just something to me about, uh, strapping up those leg pads. Granted, I'm, if you've checked out my, uh, um, wash up goalie Instagram account, you've seen that I'm still skating with some old pads. I have seven leather straps, right? Yeah. So, you know, for me to say strapping up the pads, I'm literally doing just that, um, (laughs) I heard on the last episode you were on, sorry to interrupt you. I heard on the last episode you were on, uh, you ordered some new gear, but I I don't know if, what did you order? Yeah. So I I got, uh, I'm six weeks today into my wait for a new pair of uh, Vaughn V9s. So V9s, really interesting. You stayed with Vaughn. Yeah, I did. Um, I I liked a softer pad and Mm. I, I know this is going to be the last set I buy. I'm hoping they'll last me another 20 years. So knowing that, you know, the durability of Vaughn um, was another deciding factor. I mean, I I looked at Brian's for that same reason. They're, you know, quality, um, all the name brands, I think, are top quality. It's just how are they going to um, perform for my style of play? You know, I I had the conversation with Goalie Gear Nerd of, you know, what's right for me isn't right for somebody else, either it be what I like in the feel of a pad to the style I play, you know, I'm still stacking the pads and trying kick saves every now and then. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. may, maybe a CCM super stiff access pad isn't right for me. Um, and, and that's kind of Absolutely. where I fell on, on the bond side. And 
I, I think like most goalies, we can, can throw on any blocker and we're going to be fine. We can adapt to most kinds of pads, but it's the feel of that glove. And that's what uh, gets us. And most of the gloves I f- tried on, I just, I didn't like the feel of it, but the Vaughn, I, I've had a few Vaughn gloves over the years, you know, dating back to my squirt days and the Vaughn gloves just always felt right to me. Yeah. So I like, we could talk about gear for three hours of our own podcast. So I'll try and keep my, <laughs> my sentences short, but like, obviously I working at pro skate yep. um, through the years, it's, I thought I was an expert. I mean, I would like to say I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very knowledgeable on gear, but goalie gear nerd really takes it to another level. Like he, I, I just, and through conversations with him, it's more the fact that he has such extensive knowledge throughout the years, but also today, like mm-hmm. to date, he's so up to date on absolutely everything and every little piece. And uh, we don't deal Vaughn at the store currently. So I haven't seen, I saw the V9s, like we got yep. to see the products and whatnot, um, but I haven't had much experience with with uh, the, the model specifically in terms of like, dur- I mean, you can't really call durability on a product for after it's been out for a year, but obviously you said you have previous experience with the company and yeah. whatnot. So that's totally fair there. And yeah, they do make a way softer pad for sure. And, and like you said, with Brian's as well. So you're right on the, right on the money with looking for something to match your style with those Yep. Well, on gloves with Vaughn gloves. You're so right. That is something that we can't, there's so many guys that have switched out of Vaughn um, pads and, and blocker, but we can't get them out of that glove. And it's, <laughs> I'll, Riley Tucker, a uh, uh, guy, buddy of mine from here, he's playing for Indiana tech. Um, he just ordered, got Bauer, uh, true customers, uh, what do they call it now? Digiprint, uh, mm-hmm. pads and blocker, but we could not get him into a Bauer glove. And, and, you know, that's fair. <laughs> Everyone likes what they like. And yep. there are there's a very specific break that, that, um, you know, isn't replicated by a lot of other companies, which isn't for everyone, but if it's for you, good luck getting out of it. Yeah. Well, and having used the T4000 for 20 years, and that was probably the biggest glove ever made, um, you know, it's just like, I, I need that same break. And I, I'm, I'm just worried that when the new glove comes, how many <laughs> pucks are going to go in the net glove side? Um, simply because I'm used to, you know, the glove being there, but now that it's smaller, yeah. it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> I got to be a little more accurate <laughs> with where I put that thing. I can't just throw it on the side of the net and it's going to catch everything. Uh, yeah, no, it might be a second blocker for a while. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing I liked about Vaughn was the customer service. I remember when my pads first came uh, after my first season of college, freshman year, I was done. And there there was some wear and wear at the bottom. And, uh, I reached out to him. I mean, email was around back then, but it's not like you were emailing uh, those guys back then. I just, uh, I think I wrote them a letter, <laughs> actually. And, and they <laughs> Everything's resp- done on paper. Yeah, and they responded. They're like, hey, we're going to send you out a box, uh, put them in there. If we can't repair them, we're going to send you a brand new pair. Uh, and they oh, they wow. sent them back like two, three weeks later, and they were better than new. Uh, whatever wow. they did, it was fantastic. Didn't cost me a dime to ship them or anything. And it was like, all right, their customer service was good back then. And uh, as, as I was looking at uh, a new set, I, I was considering, you know, custom graphics and um, I, I, I haven't uh, teased what the, the graphics going to be yet, but I, I got something <laughs> uh, totally out there 
And Ev from Vaughn was like, yeah, we're going to do that for you. Absolutely. Um, oh, that's now, awesome. Did, it cost did you me? go through retail or do you go directly through, obviously? Through yeah, through I, I did it through retail. So um, one of my old college teammates, Ryan S., he runs a goalie school here in the Twin Cities, Devin Air goaltending. And one mm-hmm. of uh, his coaches, uh, he works at General Sports out in Edina next to the uh, Bremer Arena where they, they play the, the uh, Butte League. And uh, I went through him and I, I believe their actual Vaughn rep at that store is Adam Carlson from the ECHL. Uh, so I indirectly worked through Adam working with Tori and uh, they just kind of put the pressure on Ev like, hey, this, this guy's ordering his first set for the first time in 20 years. He, he really wants yeah. something different. Uh, will you give it to him? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll give it to him because... <laughs> I, I think they went over somebody else's head because the the first person they talked to there is like no no he's got to stick with the stock graphics and then they went straight to Ev at the you know darn near the top I think next up right. is Mike Vaughn and he's like yeah let, let, let's do that and next thing that's I know, a great feeling that's nice to get that kind of that kind of experience yeah exactly and now the past couple of weeks I, every so often I get uh, proofs directly from Ev saying, Hey, how's this look? Do you like it? And I was like, yeah, just get them to me already. I'm, I'm ter- you know, <laughs> the, the, the weight's killing me. <laughs> the longest wait for sure. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that it's the supply, you know, COVID supply chain. So everything's twice as long. I think for normal times, it'd be any day now I'd be getting them. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I mean, working, I don't know how interesting this is to other people, but it's crazy. Like it's crazy. The difference that the supply chain made with COVID for getting any product from, from any of the companies. I mean, true itself, like let's don't even get me going with how yeah, long it takes to get true half gear. a year right now with them. Isn't oh, it? Oh my goodness. It was, it's just, and it's every, people think it's like individual stores or maybe individual mm-hmm. cases. It's not, it's retail wide. It's yeah. It takes, I don't have the, I haven't been at pro skating about in a few months now, but um, it's yeah, they're, they're a very long time. I mean, they're in high demand yep. and they only got a couple, a handful of people making gear at their factory. So it makes sense, but yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's outrageous how long it takes. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to say smart enough, but I, I understand the issues. I understand mm. that it's not just, um, gear related. I mean, anything you go to buy right now, there's huge supply issues. I mean, try pass any new car dealership lot and it looks like it's empty because yeah they can't get cars built right now and everything is just crazy so it's like all right i'm i'm being patient um although every tuesday i I go out to twitter and say okay it's been x number of weeks (laughs) we're we're getting there (laughs) yeah doing the countdown yeah so it's kind of fun so let's talk about your uh I hate using the term hockey journey now that uh, Kane Van Gate is you know, named as. <laughs> yeah, you got that copyright. You're going to get a cease and desist in the mail here pretty soon. I don't know. I, I, I've had Kane <laughs> on the show. I, I, I think yeah. he's cool with me. He's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he's pretty funny. You know, side tangent here because we're goalies and that's how our minds work. But um, one of the face, Facebook groups yeah. I'm in, they, they have an extreme dislike for Trav for Oilers from social media for many reasons but uh you know so somebody was asking you know what what do we think of Kane it, you know so I piped up right away it's like Kane's a good guy like if you've ever talked to him if you ever watch his stuff he's a good guy don't don't be ripping on him uh you oh, know there's no reason to be canceling Kane Van Gate Kane no. Kane was hands down, like 
we had small numbers, small podcasts and he came on and just such a good guy. He hooked me up with Barber a little yep. bit, um, with, with Brent or Pavel. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, Kane's the best. If, if he, there's no reason to dislike <laughs> him. I, I challenge anybody listening to find a reason to dislike Kane Van Gate. Great guy. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because he's got a little golden doodle puppy and, uh, we oh, recently got a yeah, we recently got a uh, golden doodle. So uh, every now and then we're, we're exchanging comments about our, our little fluffy dogs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, is my mic, is my camera not on? Uh, no, I, I don't see oh. it. <laughs> oh, I'll start that. There we oh, go. There, I had no idea this whole time. There we go. I can see my face talking. Yeah, I, I can see the uh, killer fireman mustache you got going there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's it's here to stay. I've had it for a little while. It's gotten good reviews. So Now, now yeah. is that a uh, a COVID edition or did you start growing that out before COVID? Oh, that's after COVID. That was, I grew this, started growing this out a couple of, I never thought I could grow, grow a mustache. Um, no, everyone listening can't see it. It's so uh, you can see it on my Instagram. Go follow me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I started growing it like six months ago and I can't grow any beard, nothing else, but the mustache yeah. is, is, uh, is golden. So, yeah, it, it's funny in high school, we had to be clean shaven every day, hair had to be two inches off the collar. I went to a somewhat strict all boys Catholic school. military so, school. No, an all boys Catholic school, second largest in the nation. But as we always said, but we had the largest all girls school next door and Jenny McCarthy went there. So that's um, all that matters. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and it was funny because the only two classes that, you know, were co-ed were banned and mechanical, showing my age here, mechanical drafting, where we were actually drawing stuff out. Um, and if you didn't play an instrument, you took mechanical drafting just so you could have one class with girls. <laughs> but, I don't even uh, know what mechanical drafting is, but that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's how old it is. Basically drawing out parts to be machined, you know. Jesus. Yeah, I, I actually thought it was a fun class because I, I liked art and all that. But uh, yeah. Tangents so, on tangents here. Yeah, but <laughs> anyway, so when I try and grow facial hair, it comes in super patchy. Mm. Um and I, I hate to shave because of high school. So I, I just shaved like, I think it was last night. So I, I look all yeah. right today, but uh, the other day I was shaving and just left the mustache. And I looked at my son, I was like, should I keep it? He's like, uh, no, and it's like, <laughs> I know, I know mom doesn't like it. Cause my wife says, if I have a mustache, I look like I should uh, keep 500 feet away from all schools and playgrounds. everyone says you know it's it's <laughs> i don't know i like rocking it people can people can hate it on all they want but yeah anyways yeah so you're, your your hockey journey you know how, how did you you're a canadian so i think it's somewhat mm -hmm. obvious but how did you get uh, started in the great game of hockey um <clears throat> well like you said i'm canadian grew up in calgary and i think you'd, you'd have to fight pretty hard not to play hockey um at least starting right at least growing up yeah, I started here. Uh, I started out um, a little late, not really. I mean, late. Funny for Canadians, I didn't start playing until I was probably like six or seven, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, like on on a team. And and uh, I don't know. I think it's just you, you're born into it. You, there's really no mm -hmm. dramatic story for me about seeing a goalie or seeing something and saying I want to do that. I just my brother played, my friends played. I'm gonna play. So yeah, um, started out in Minneapolis hockey here in in the south of Calgary and. Um, Played all the way up through uh, through community and, and into uh, what they call quadrant hockey here, um, which is like triple uh, A, double A, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's so many hockey players here, and there's so many different uh, you know levels and leagues and whatnot. So 
Um, yeah, I played uh, my, my minor hockey with Minnipore and the Calgary Buffaloes. And then uh, I started playing junior hockey for um, the Blackhawks here in Calgary. Um, just to gloss over my whole history real quick, but in a <laughs> nutshell, yeah. Yeah. I, I played pretty much for, for three associations and, and, uh, just ended stop playing last year, but yeah, like motivation behind it. It's just, it's what you do, right. And it, it's not like yeah. everyone was forcing me into it. You're never really forced into, uh, into playing, but, um, there was no big motivator. Just yeah. go out and play and have fun, play on the ODR in, in the winter. It's what you do, but fortunately for you, you loved it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You'd love it right away. And then it becomes, and then it becomes, I mean, I'm sure my story is similar to everybody else, but it becomes almost like a, like a job um, mm-hmm. at some point for, for kids when they're like uh, uh, between 11 and, and 14, I think you kind of, well, between 12 and 12 and 14, you get really serious and it's all you do all year long. Mm-hmm. And I think that's dangerous for some kids. I think for me, especially because I was I peaked very early. I mean, you can't see my height now, but I'm a short guy. I'm about five, nine. Um, and you kind of realize once you stop growing that, all right, I'm not, maybe I'm not going to go play and I'm not going to blame it all on my height. I didn't have the talent for it, but I'm not going to go play college. I'm not going to be playing in the WHL. It kind of, that's all I've done for the last three, four years. It's all I've yep. known for, for everything. So it's tough for kids. And that's why I usually recommend, like I coach here is like, if you can play another sport in the off season or even just not go on the ice for any yep. period of time during the year, you got to do it. You got to give yourself the mental break, not only for like a backup plan, if you don't succeed, but you'll just burn out. So I know so many guys are just burn out and just never even want to look at hockey again. Yep. You know, when I was coaching, we always told the kids in the off season, take that family vacation, you know? Yeah. We had our summer training program, but take those two weeks off, go on the summer vacation and don't worry about it. And if you're a multi-sport athlete and you have to miss our off season practice, don't worry about it because you're becoming a better athlete playing that other sport for one, but you're not going to be burnt out at the end of the season either. Now I I was one of those hockey players where I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. I could be on the ice six hours a day and I would want two more hours, (laughs) you know, that's the way I was, but it, it was, I was never pushed. You know, I, I've said on the podcast before, mom and dad would be like, it's sign up for summer hockey. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to do baseball this year? It's like summer hockey, of course, um, yeah. to the point where the one year, for whatever reason, we signed up, excuse me, we signed up late and the team already had a goalie and they're like, we, we're only going with one goalie. It's summer hockey. And I was like, okay, I'll play forward this year. Cause one of my buddies was moving. It was the last chance no to way. play together. So <laughs> like. I, I want to say it was Peewee's, you know, it'd been two years since yeah. I played forward, but I was like, all right, sure. I'll, I'll play forward and, you know, have one last hurrah with my buddy before he moves to Michigan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's funny. Our goalie wound up getting a penalty and the coach hooks him. He goes, you go serve the penalty because you're going to get one and you might as well do your time now. And <laughs> I'm still bitter because I've yet to get a penalty since then. <laughs> really? And wow. Trust me, I, I've, I've tried but I, I haven't gotten that penalty. <laughs> it's funny. You say that switch into forward for, I, I know a guy. Um, Oh, Oh, cut, cut out me not knowing his name. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> um, I'm going to find him because I actually do yeah. want to say his name. He's, it's a great story. Well, yeah. well, I actually know two guys who have done this. Um, oh shit. I just give me one second. Yep. I need, I need to find it. Cause hey, you got gonna... goalie brain too many pucks to the head. I get it. Oh, I got rugby brain. <laughs> 
That's the other. Yeah. I did try another sport after I realized I wasn't going to the dub and that one killed me. Um, what am I looking at here? As you're looking it up rugby. So my high school didn't get a rugby team until after I was gone. Otherwise I probably would have given that a try, but my religion teacher of all people, uh, would tell these stories from his college rugby days at Marquette university outside Milwaukee, where one of his teammates was Chris Farley. Um, so these stories oh that a religion teacher were telling us were probably not right for religion class, but they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rugby was, I, I just got his name, but um, I, rugby was some of the funnest times of my life, but it does not treat your body well. That's for no. sure. So or your liver. Um, back to, or your liver. <laughs> yeah. Or your liver. That's for sure. Well, hockey doesn't do that either, but back to, uh, uh, Matt Baba is his name. He, uh, he played junior B here in Calgary. So he, he played uh, junior B in Okotoks, which is the heritage league. One of the best junior B leagues in, in Canada, but probably arguably the best. And uh, he played goalie. Uh, he was backup goalie for a year, but like, great. He played probably seven or eight games, nine games. The other guy was a stud. One of my other buddies, Devin Regan. And the next year he didn't make the team. Um, they had some other two other absolute stallion, like midget triple a goalies come up. And he said, well, I'm pretty good on the, on the ODR. I'll try out as a player. And it's like junior B, like you don't, I mean, it's not like it's the NHL, but you don't just go out. He went out and made the team. He put up like points as a player. He, he was not a bad, a bad uh, junior B player as well. And, uh, and it just blows my mind. Cause I can't even imagine going out and trying to do that at 19 years old, yeah. completely changing your position in junior <laughs> hockey. Crazy. So shout out to Babs for that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty crazy. I remember uh, one of the summers when I was coaching our uh, varsity head coach, he was sitting in the sands watching during a scrimmage and I would always hop in on the, you know, on a line during the scrimmages. And mm-hmm. after the practice, he looks at me, and goes, you know, for a goalie, you're pretty good. You got good positioning. You read the game. while well. I go, imagine that the goalie knows what's going on in front of him. <laughs> like, <laughs> smartest player on the ice. What yeah. my dad always used to say smartest and uh, well, Maybe you, you see the whole game and you got to be the fastest, best footwork. And yeah, most people don't realize that for oh, sure. And that's it why it bugs me when they say goalies can't mm-hmm. skate. It's like, he, he, we are the best skaters on the ice. We just skate in the area this big, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think it was like, like you say, you see the whole ice. And that's why it was easier for me to transition into coaching. I, I'm like, I said, I'm, I'm assistant coaching our junior B team this year. And people are like, well, how's the goalie going to do it? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I think I know the game pretty well. Um, I'm going to have to take a couple courses here, but, um, uh, you know, you see the whole, I keep saying that, but you do see the whole ice and how everything breaks down. So I feel like I can give a different perspective on how to break the game down that not everybody else can for sure. Well, and we also see the game from a completely different perspective of our teammates and that not only do we understand what they're supposed to be doing, but we see the game as it's coming to us. So, you know, I I always told my defensemen, if you can't see the goalie, shoot the puck. Cause if you can't see him, he can't see you, you know, Odds are if if the puck goes in and they're like, but that doesn't make sense. It's like, no, it makes a lot of sense. Goalie can't stop what he can't see. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Are you sure? It's like, yeah, yeah, I am guys. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, we do bring a different perspective. I'm honestly shocked. We don't see more goalies coaching at higher levels. We're starting to, um, you know, because you, you look at baseball, you see so many catchers and manager positions and thriving in them. Uh, but for some reason, you just don't see those goalies. What you do see is the goalies going into the front office. So and putting together. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like we got Roberto Luongo recently. What did he get appointed to? Isn't he GM? 
I want to say general manager of hockey Canada or something with him. Yeah. With that, isn't he? Yeah. And then he's doing something in hockey ops for the Panthers, you know, John Davidson, yeah. obviously he's a long time one, uh, you know, there's just, uh, John Van Beesbrook is, you know, darn near running USA hockey. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, go- goalies know what they're doing, but th- then, then you get the guys that went, once it's done and over, they're just like, bye, <laughs> see you later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I do like that. We're starting to see more of them in the uh, TV booth. I mean, you know, Darren Pang, obviously you got Brian Boucher, Kelly Rudy, uh, you know, there there's, you can list a whole bunch of them and they do a great job. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I still loved when uh, they had Darren Pang mic'd up for a uh, NHL alumni game, all-star weekend. And <laughs> well, I never saw that. Oh, it, it, was probably 25 years, 30 years ago. And oh, well, I was nowhere near being alive. <laughs> yeah. It, it, this was back when all-star weekend included the alumni game where it was just oh, alumni okay. all-stars playing the host city's alumni team. And uh, right. I, I wish they would bring that back. In my opinion, they should just do away with the all-star game in general and expand mm. the skills competition. I love the skills competition. If you bring up YouTube videos of some of the old ones, you know, there's the, Great one. I think it was in Philly when you had Wah versus Belfour and the uh, sudden death shootout, but it used to be shootouts and it wasn't, you know, who can do the coolest Patrick Kane Superman shootout. It was, (laughs) you know, Hall of Famer against Hall of Famer trying to put the puck in the net or keep it out. You had this accuracy, the hardest shot, fastest skater. Um, They had the rapid fire for the goalies where they had a guy on, you know, either circle or they push to either side right they would push yeah, to either side and have to make get, the save yeah. get up make the save, and it's like <laughs> bring that back and just make that the all-star have the competition and then the uh alumni game and call that the all-star weekend i think that would be so much better yeah you know it's funny on i uh, on my podcast you'll always hear me saying like i i don't i i stay away from talking about the nhl because Everyone talks about the NHL, and honestly, I barely even watch uh, watch hockey. I find that I'm not really yep. a fan as much. I, I like, I love, I love playing. I love working in hockey, mm-hmm. but I just don't really keep up with um, with the teams as a fan. So, like, people bring up stuff about the NHL today, and I just smile and nod because, I mean, obviously to a certain extent, I know what's going on. Yep. I, I do watch the Flames, but I'm not like a diehard like stats guy knowing right. about about every, all the goings on in the NHL. I know more about junior hockey in Alberta than <laughs> even close to the knowledge in, of the NHL. You so. know, it's funny you say that because the past few years I've noticed I'm watching less and less hockey on TV. And it's not because I don't enjoy it. It's just, I'd rather be playing. And every time oh, I really? turn the game on and I see it, it's like, I want to be out there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it, I'd rather be coaching. I guess yeah, is my, it's my like, theory. I, I, I want to be part of the game rather than sit here watching it. Now, if I can go to a game, obviously I'm going to do that. You know, if I get to oh, yeah, a wild absolutely. game or something, but uh, yeah, it's just, it, I'm a Hawks fan. So watching those Stan, watching those Stanley cup runs, I think all those late nights took a lot out of me because it seemed like they were always going to overtime and they're usually yeah. double, triple overtime during those years. You're so a Blackhawks fan. You said? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in oh, Chicago. Okay. So it's oh so then natural. you'll know my you know my my new boss my my jeff glass oh yeah i'm i'm a, a big fan of his uh just because of you know his story and the road he took to get into the nhl and you know 
that, then he was lucky enough to play some time down in San Diego. I mean, if you're, if you're going to be playing in the minor leagues, what better place to play than San Diego, <laughs> man. If, yeah, if I, coming on here, I did want to touch on, on, on like my role with Jeff, but also just like yeah. talking about like Jeff glass is a person I'm going to pump his tires so hard. This podcast, I doubt he's <laughs> listening to this. He doesn't, he doesn't go on the online too much these days, but um, <laughs> like, so how I met Jeff was, um, in 2019 i think he was uh between uh your european teams i don't remember where he was the year before he was looking to go to germany um and he he came into pro skate just to get a skate sharpened mm-hmm. and i i don't know what it is he had these one piece true skates i butchered this sharpening and i knew it and i knew it <laughs> and uh i took me i'm usually great on it. i don't know what was i think he had a bent blade i don't know what the deal was but i i passed passed it back to him and he's like are these good and i'm like honestly jeff those are probably awful, but I did my absolute best. And he's like, that's all I can ever ask for. But goes out, skates on him. And he was like, comes back in. He's like, whatever you did, I love it. Do it again. And I think he just wanted to make me feel good about it. And yeah. that's just like the kind of guy that, that Jeff is like, you'll, I feel like people say this a lot about pro athletes or, you know, just people who are assume they're celebrities. Jeff is the most humble, like nicest guy I've ever met in hockey. He genuinely cares about like, like I work for him now. So he does glass goaltending it's uh, mm-hmm. his goalie school here in calgary we just we just started it this year um i'm doing his a lot of the social media i'm also coaching with him a little bit um marketing customer acquisition that kind of stuff and um like he genuinely just like cares about the people he works with he wants to change he wants to change gold uh goaltending and and how it's taught how it's perceived everything about it he's got a lot of big ideas and, and so do i w- with it and and um yeah. I mean, if you wanted to, if anyone listening wants to look up glass goaltending is, is what we're, uh, are under. Um, but it's tough cause he's still playing. I believe it or not. Jeff's has yeah. a year left on his contract in the AHL. Um, and officially, you know, he's a backup goalie there and I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything else about it, but he's looking to transition into the coaching role on in, in the organization. Yeah. There. He was so recently on, uh, in goal, wasn't he talking yeah. about it? So he's kind of like a, uh, Reg dumb up for goalies. <laughs> yeah. Well under contract, he can't be, but he is yeah. more in the, in the organization. He's under more of a coaching role. I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure me saying this, no one's going to give a shit, but, um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, he, he's trying to, uh, get into coaching more obviously. And, yep. and yeah, he, the only, the best way to do it is San Diego offered him, uh, to come and be, you know, be a backup guy that can play in the game, but and yep. be more of a mentor, I think is what they say. He's a big mentor. And, and I can't think of a better guy to be a mentor. Like just, yeah, he's had like, you, like you said about his hockey career, like, holy shit, a guy who's played and done everything. He played in Russia for like seven years. That guy's got yep. store. That guy's got more stories than anybody who's ever been on chicklets. I am telling him he's got to get on chicklets. Like they're asking yeah. him. He wants to wait till next year until his playing days are over. But uh, you know, it's, um, it's, yeah, great, great mentor. You talk about the, the Russian stories on chicklets and the one episode that I laughed an awful lot, but bugged me the most was the one with Timmy Stapleton. Cause I played high school hockey against <laughs> Timmy. Um, he played for Fenwick. I played for brother rice. So we, we, uh, we had a few tilts against each other and I'm sh- I'm sure if we pulled up some of the old score sheets, he put quite a few by me because my team was not good in high school. Um, it was normal for me to get about <laughs> 60 shots a game most seasons. But uh, yeah. he said, you know, he was at a skate with Billy Zito, the Florida Panthers GM now. Back when Billy was a player uh, agent, he was living in Chicago. And he, 
Timmy went to one of his skates and Billy saw something in him and was like, okay. Well, I went to an awful lot of rat hockey when I was home on break from college, skating with Billy. And then between my junior and senior year, he had a couple of his guys uh, in town for the summer and they started skating rat hockey with us. Clearly wasn't a good skate for him because they got the ice before us and they came up to me like, hey, we need a goalie. You want to skate? I was like, yeah. So that was that was my skate for the rest of the summer. Like you said, these right. humble down to earth guys. We had guys with Stanley Cup rings in the locker room and they just wow. treated me like I was one of their teammates and, you know, joking around. Awesome. Um, that's another story when Rob Brown just totally took me out in the net. And it's like I'm sitting there like this guy's on top of me laughing. They just took me out. And he's got Stanley Cup rings, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was a Billy Zito skate. And I'm going, I skated with him for an entire summer. And he didn't even approach me like, hey, maybe you want to go play in Europe? Nothing. Where, <laughs> you know, he gets to somehow get stapled him playing in the NHL. And it's like, he was good, but he wasn't the best player in the Catholic League at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you got to get into a rough and rowdy against, uh, against Tim Stapleton. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> if I rough and rowdy fights, the barstool fights. Oh yeah. <laughs> Stapleton's uh, not a tall guy, but he, he's a, uh, he went to Fenwick and let's just say Fenwick has a reputation for being a, a tough hockey team to play against. At one time, Eric Nesterenko was their coach <laughs> and he coached. I don't know who that is either. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Youngblood? I haven't. Oh my God. You got an see uncultured swine, Joe, honestly, like you'll be shocked. The gaps in my knowledge that exist. you got to watch young blood, but Eric Nesterenko was a uh, enforcer for the Hawks. I think it was in the seventies and he was the technical director on young blood. And he didn't like the way that the dad in the movie young blood was teaching Rob Lowe how to fight on the ice. Mm. And they're like, well, how would you do it? So he started showing them and they said, well, why don't you just play the role in He's like, well, I don't act. And they said, we don't need it. We don't need somebody who can act. Like the speaking roles are very minimal. So Eric Nesterenko plays the dad in the movie Youngblood, which that's your homework. Now you got to watch that this week and you can thank me. I will go watch it. Actually. I've never, it sounds like a pretty good movie. Yeah. Cause then you'll know what tea with Miss McGill means. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm sure I will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Eric Nesterenko was a one-time coach for Fenwick. So yeah, needless to say, if he was teaching guys how to fight for movies, he was probably teaching them how to fight at the high school level. Didn't matter that we were absolutely playing in the Catholic League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not as um, much fighting. So you mentioned the stuff with uh, glass goaltending. Uh, obviously, that that's a, a summer goaltending camp because uh, he's not going to be making trips back and forth during the season while he's <laughs> playing. No. Uh, but how, how has that been going in this, if we can't even call it post-COVID times yet, because we don't know what the heck's going on, but yeah. how has that been going with these uh, crazy times, especially in Canada where things are barely open? In fact, I- we hit a sweet spot. We hit a sweet spot, Joe. So I think it was our first camp uh, was in June. So Jeff uh, approached or I approached him, he approached me, we were talking and we only started putting stuff on uh in may we just started planning for it um and right about at the end of june like canada day first of july i think was the first day that cal that uh calgary specifically opened up so i mean you know do you know the calgary stampede is yep yep so the calgary stampede i think it was more of an economic decision to be able to put on the stampede because it kind of we needed the life in our in our city but um 
that everything opened up. There's really no restrictions here anymore. Like I can go and do anything I want. There's absolutely no restrictions, which is, you can't say I would, I actually, yesterday I was in Montreal yesterday. I just got back outrageous. You can't do, I mean, I'm not going to comment on why, like the reasoning, whatever, but it is, you can, you can only have like a couple people at a table, masks everywhere. And, and it was crazy to come back here and do that. But uh, getting back to how it's been with COVID, you, like you guys are the can- Texas of Canada. We're the Texas of Canada. And, but only recently <laughs> we became that forever. It was like, I mean, look at the government, I guess is like everyone here is pretty conservative, but um, it, yeah, we, you can do whatever you want. So uh, our first camp was a little bit of restrictions but not really, you know, we, we kind of just, we only had like 13 kids, so we weren't pushing the max on anything anyways. Um, and it's been great. I mean, we, we book ice times, we go out, it's one-on-ones anyway. So even if there was restrictions, you don't have to do anything. So luckily, luckily this summer we've been fine. Um, but like, uh, not to talk specifically on the COVID part, but just like, it's been, there's so many goalie schools in Calgary. I mean, yeah. growing up here, I trained with, you know, uh, respect to, to all of them, Kevin Swanson, um, currently Brad Kirkwood's coaching here as well. He's the team Canada women's goalie coach. Swanee is the Lethbridge Hurricanes goalie coach. Um, there's about, I could name evolution goaltending, Fisher goaltending, world pro GDI, uh, TPG DMSG, Dave Marcou. Again, is another one. I'm sure most people know who Dave Marcou is. He was the flames goalie coach, Carolina hurricanes goalie coach. So the list goes on and on. And this is in a city of about 1.3 million, 1.2 million people. So the competition is fierce. So it's been, mm-hmm you know, it's been a crazy summer trying to capture part of that market and not, you know, enroach on other guys, other big players business. And, and, you know, Jeff's such a nice guy. You would, you know, he doesn't want to make anyone feel like he's stealing clients, whatever. I don't know. That's a whole thing as well, but you know, it's been, uh, it's been tough, but it's been great. Like we managed to get a lot of guys out for some good lessons. We got a lot of WHL uh, NCAA guys out. Um, and it's, it's been great in the last couple of weeks, it's really picked up and it sucks. Like you said, Jeff's going to move away here. And in a couple of weeks, he goes back to San Diego to finish off the remainder of his contract with the goals. So it sucks. We built all this momentum and worked so hard and, and he, and, and he has to go back. Um, but we'll be, once he's done this contract, he's going to look a little bit more into what's, what he wants to do, how he wants to structure his career. And hopefully we have a year round thing going on. So, yeah. And you know, I'm sure the discussions have been had. They can still be a year long school without him being there physically every day. I mean, yeah. Rob Sauber has his uh, spot here in the Twin Cities. They got a neat little setup where it's in an industrial park, but they have indoor ice to skate on. It's this cool little mm-hmm. rink, um, but he's not there all the time. He's just got a nice stable of coaches that kind of have the same philosophy. And and that's the key, right, Joe? I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to say like, that's the, that is the key. You got to have people under you that not only you trust, mm-hmm. but like personally, but you trust them to, to teach your principles on, on, in a manner that um, you would do yourself. And I think that's, I mean, we, Jeff just started this year. It's in its infancy. It's so yeah. early. Um, we've been lucky enough to work with a lot of guest coaches here, but there's guys, they, they need to work with their own companies because that's their job. That's their bread and butter. And Jeff yep. leaves at the end of, at the end of August. So um, we've been, uh, I'll just say, wow. Yeah. Colin Cooper and Theo Zubot, two unreal guys. I, I um, known them personally a little bit through, through pro skate as well. Um, but yeah, you need to have a, a, like you said, a stable of, of people underneath you that you can trust to, to coach because uh, Jeff wouldn't, that's what he didn't want. He didn't want to leave and just throw, slap his name on something and, and say off to the races and then come back for a couple months. Mm-hmm. 
down the road, if he can get a program in place where, where he can do that. And I won't speak too much on what he wants to do. He's got other plans as well, but from what I've seen, that's, that's the plan to try and get something year round. And I mean, Eli Wilson as well is kind of a model that we've been looking at where he just runs huge summer camps yep. um, during the year and, and, and has really good high end development for some junior and pro guys. So that's what Jeff, that's the, the market that Jeff wants to get into, I think. Yeah. Those Eli Wilson camps, you see it all over social and everything. It's like what he's able to do and you know, the swag bags these kids get and everything else. It's like, Ooh, <laughs> I, mom yeah, and dad well, are certainly paying for it, but. Oh man. Pro yeah. skate. Like that's what it was partnered up with pro skate. Um, every year they put on Eli Wilson, carry price day. So carry price would come out. Pro yep. skate goal would supply custom gear or, you know, for the younger ones, it would just be the best gear that we could get uh, in whatever colors they wanted um, for each goalie. And, you know, it was expensive. Absolutely. And obviously not everybody can afford to do that. And I totally understand like hockey is just getting more and more expensive. Yep. I will say, however, for what you got out of like one-on-one teaching from not only Eli Wilson, but Carey Price and to meet him and to get all of the gear and stay in and wherever they were staying in Kelowna, there was kids got a lot out of that camp. And I don't think they were able to do it these last two years, but like if that was an option for me and, and my parents were lucky enough to have the money, yep. Oh my God, get me out there. Well, know? yeah, I, I'm the kind of guy, like I would have worked all, all year just to send myself, you know, I, yeah. Kids today, I remember I, I would shovel the entire block and, you know, when it snowed and I, I haven't seen one neighborhood kid yet uh, knock on my door to try and shovel my driveway. It's like, where's, where's the driving these kids? Um, yeah. But that, that's how I bought all my equipment yeah. when I was, you know, a squirt and a peewee and, and whatnot until I got a job in high school. But uh, th- those guys on Angola, they talk about uh, Eli's camp all the time. And they talk about Carey Price being there. And I mean, he's not just popping in, saying hi to these kids. Like he's sitting no. down, like he's there the whole time. If, you know, he'll, they said, you know, they watched him sit with one kid for an hour and just talk, you know, not, not just about, you know, the NHL and all that, but like he's showing them, you know, pieces of the equipment why he has it this way and talking about different ways they're handling the puck and it's like exactly obviously a good guy to have at that camp he's, he's taking the time um yeah and uh I, I i i just really appreciate it as a fan and as a dad now but as somebody who is a kid and try you know we probably all have those stories of when we meet a pro athlete and they're they're not very nice to kids mine is when i tried meeting carlton fisk uh, the great catcher from Boston and the White Sox. Um, but Carey Price just seems like he's got all the time in the world for those kids. Very much like yeah. Stelios was to me when I was a kid. Yeah, I never I never met him personally, but um, Pete, my the owner of Pro Skate, uh, Peter Martin, he went out there obviously every year and he did the whole gear thing. Um, and he would spend time with Carey and, and Eli and, and his families. And, and yeah, you, you just say like he's, he's a very, he's quiet, but mm-hmm. he, he means very well. And I won't speak on it too much, but yeah, Jeff, def, definitely, uh, or sorry, uh, Carrie's definitely a class high class athlete and, and, and a person as well. And someone that, you know, don't meet your heroes. You can meet that hero. He seems yep. like he'd be a genuinely great guy. Yeah, e- exactly. Uh, you know, it's funny when, when people say don't meet your heroes, mine as a kid was Eddie Belfort. Um, mm. and I was lucky enough to have him on the podcast and people are like, Ooh, how's that going to go? You know, Eddie's got a personality and I was like, yeah, but it turned out 
you know, I think wow. our conversation went great. Um, I know in talking to some people, he's got a uh, pension to be a little stiff in, you know, some of his interviews and whatnot. But uh, it was funny because I had him and his son, Dane, who was also a goalie on, because uh, they were talking about their whiskey. And Dane comes in first and we start talking because we played for the same youth association in Chicago. So we're talking about no the rank and the pro shop across the street. And then Ed pops into the zoom and like, we're just talking, like we didn't even acknowledge him at first. So I think he was kind of taken aback, like, okay, this is going to be a little different than the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. loosened him up, I think. And uh, so I oh, had a great, cool. had a great experience with him. but it was that's just awesome. funny when people are like, you know what they say, don't meet your heroes. Um, Fuck that. Meet Eddie Balfour if you get the chance. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, like I, with so many people I've had on the podcast who always say, if we're in the same city, we got to grab a beer together. In fact, it was Kelly Rudy was the first one who did that. Um, on social media, he, he you know would talk about some of the beers he was having. So I just sent him a text before we record. It's like, hey, I, I know you uh, like your beer. I like, I'm a craft beer aficionado too. So, you know, I'm going to have one ready. So, of course, he had one too. And we're drinking our beers throughout and he goes, all right, well, when, when this stuff's all back to normal and the job brings me through Minnesota, we're getting together. I'm by, I'm getting, you know, we're getting beers oh, together. Awesome. It's like, absolutely. And you know, Eddie was the same. He said, well, you know, once they start distributing in Minnesota and they come through, we, we got to get together. It's like, I'm down for that. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's the best part of these podcasts. I'll say that. Like it was just, it was fun. It was good talking, but like the relationships that I've like, that I made and, and the people yeah. that I still consider to be like, you know, not, I'm not best friends with them, but we still like chat occasionally on Instagram or whatever. It's, it's, you don't get it with anything else. It's like, it's casual, but then you, you keep talking after. It's just a good way to meet these people that yeah. you once considered to be like icons. Right. And now suddenly it's like, Oh, normal guy. I can talk to him. He yeah. wants to hang out with me at some point. Like it's yeah. crazy. Well, not just like those guys, but I would say every single person I've had on the podcast, if I'm in the same city as them, I'm, I would love to, you know, grab a beverage. I say yeah. a beverage because I've had some high school and bantam goalies on, so I'm not going to grab a beer with them. Uh, <laughs> Wait a couple of but, years, yeah. Yeah, but I'll, I'll definitely get a root beer with them, uh, you know, and talk hockey with them and everything else. Um, yeah. A uh, perfect example, though, is my first guest, uh, Bones, um, Dustin Smith. Dustin Smith. From, yeah, uh, he was my first guest. Funny guy. Yeah, he's just awesome. And we've been texting back and forth ever since in fact in the past year my wife and i we almost moved to nashville we almost up and moved to the family having never been there uh but we just thought hey we, no we, we're ready for something different we like everything we've read we like the area so i started texting and was like hey what do you know about this area of town how close is it to the ice rink can you help me find a team and oh, everything yeah yeah just such an awesome dude uh in fact my when your anniversary of the podcast is coming up. So uh, him and I have been talking. He's, he's going to be my first repeat guest on that one year anniversary. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we're, no we're going to have, That's yeah, we're, awesome. we're going to have plenty to talk about. Uh, most notably his awesome vintage equipment. He's uh, been sporting this last oh, year. He's got some good, man. That was one guy that I always like his content, the way he produces, not only like his gear and everything, but how he just kind of, presents everything he i think he was working with colby collier like uh mb mm -hmm. media a little bit with yep. filming but even when he did it by himself everything just looks so it looks so nice considering like his background like he doesn't have like an official background in the shit and i was all i was asking him i'm like man 
like I, I, that was my job at ProScape pretty much with social media and, and uh, digital design and all this stuff. And I'm like, how do you do it? Like, what are you using? And he was always very open. He told me, you know, yeah. I even Colby Collier, I asked him a couple of questions as well and both super helpful for sure. So um, that's awesome that you're considering Nashville and he was helping you. Yeah. So yeah, it was just funny. And I, he and I are talking. I said, we need to get in the same town together with our equipment so that we can do a video together. Cause you know, He's got this vintage stuff. He he wears it for shoots like that. He's not wearing it in beer league games. I said, yeah. so you're, you're doing the two-pad stack in these videos, but we need to do a video where I teach you the proper two-pad stack recovery because I'm old enough. We learned that in goalie school when I was <laughs> a young goalie. He's like, I love it. We need to, we need to make this happen. Um, oh, man. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something. I forget what it was. So tangents uh, on tangents. That's how we do it. Yeah. Oh, talking about, you know, videos. I loved uh, Jordy from the ultimate fan cave. He did that um, product video for the, uh, I think it was the access line and it's just awesome. The CCM access. Oh, I haven't line. seen it. Uh, it's just awesome. It's like Jordy, I got new stuff coming. I need to recreate that one just as you did. And he's like, I'll, I'll have to send you, you know, I'll have to work with you on that one. Obviously yeah. he's not going to fly out here to Minnesota from, uh, well, I shouldn't say that because, uh, him and Ken and, uh, they, they were at the let's play hockey expo three years ago. Uh, mm. all of them. Yeah. Uh, it was only Ken two years ago. So maybe if they come this year, we, we can yeah. the video. Um, I haven't seen that. Are you, are you looking to get into more more of like the like video content because I think most of your stuff I mean you don't post you don't post highlights with video or anything yet right yeah I've, I've been doing I haven't had as many of late but uh during the beer league season okay. I, I do post the highlights so what hurt oh sorry me? I meant like podcast highlights oh. like video oh of yeah the, I, of I, the, I just or, but do, even just even on ice stuff yeah yeah I, I just do a short one minute uh clip as my teaser mm -hmm. Uh, the day. I wonder dropped. what it'll be for this one. What is going to be my most interesting part of this conversation? Maybe it, maybe it'll be my last story that you asked me about. Yeah. So sometimes it's not even the most interesting thing. It's uh, where I don't speak for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might be tough. Yeah. Which it's funny when, when I, right before I recorded with uh, Eddie and Dame Belfour, both my wife and kids are like, now dad, make sure you let them talk. Like you can't just go the whole time. It's like duly noted, fair point. Yeah. I get it. It's tough, man. I've got, it's tough. I, I got a big fuck. I got a big fat mouth and, and I, I have to stop myself sometimes when I'm talking, when I was doing the interviewing, because I'm always like, oh, they'll tell something and I'm like, oh my God, I get the perfect thing to say about that. And then I'm like, okay, people are listening, obviously to hear me speak a little bit, but they want to hear the guests too. So I had to dial yeah. it back and that was a tough part for me. Well, I, I think with I won't say the, the bigger names, but the, the more well-known people, I do do a better job of letting them talk. Uh, it was funny mm -hmm. when I had uh, one of the guys from Angola on, uh, Kevin Woodley, you know, he's known for the famous one, one last question about eight times. Mm -hmm. And he, he was the first guest that asked me if I was still okay on time. Cause he just kept talking, but it was like, no, we're, we're going to keep this going because the conversation is awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just like, this is what I love about the podcast is it's just two goalies sitting, talking, sharing the sport. I mean, until today, we've never talked face to face. 
but I think if anybody walked in, they no. wouldn't know any better. <laughs> so yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Just instant chemistry with this stuff. Yeah. But being conscious of time. Um, yeah. If you've listened to any of the podcasts, you know, I end with 10 rapid fire questions. I don't know if I should come up with a different term for it because they're not very rapid fire as the stories start coming out between them. But uh, they're, yeah. they're 10, 10 good questions. And the first one is, what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days? Oh God. Okay. Wait, I'll ask this. How, how quick do, I, do my answers have to be? They don't Pretty have quick, to be right. Well, oh, they don't have what, to be quick. yeah. Okay, whatever sure. comes to mind. Uh, I got time. I got nothing else. Yeah. So well, I got a good one. It's funny when, when I first started, I was like, all right, I'm going to try and keep podcasts to an hour. And I, the first time I left maybe 10 minutes for the rapid fire and they took 30 minutes because of the stories that came out of it. So, right. yeah. Okay. <laughs> sorry. So it was the craziest, what, sorry, re-ask me the Craziest I'm, coaching I'm... moment from your playing days. Kind of like that Mike uh, Keenan uh, throwing sticks on the ice or the letter Kenny coach the... coming in, kicking over tables. So my, I think it was on my first ever, my first ever podcast episode that I told this story, maybe second. Um, so maybe anybody listening, maybe has heard it, but I'll tell it again. Um, <clears throat> it was in my, it was in my, I think third year of junior B first year with, uh, these new coaches. So, um, Bruce and, uh, oh, I shouldn't say their names. <laughs> uh, ah, whatever. They don't even know Bruce and Rod. I actually genuinely as guys, they were good guys, but, uh, coaches, they were not in the, they should never have been in the position to be coaching junior B. They really did not know hockey in my opinion. And they didn't know how to coach junior hockey. I'll like mm-hmm. both the, the two things you need to do. And uh, so one day we were, uh, I was in the, I show up to practice and there's a guy in my dressing room um, tying up skates with a tracksuit on. So I'm like, Oh, guest coach, maybe, maybe he's a guy. He's not talking to anybody. He didn't say a word. And uh, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but no one's talking to him. He goes out on the ice like 15 minutes before practice starts. Um, and I may be remembering these details. So if I, this doesn't match up to my podcast story, sorry, everyone, I'm just kind of making, <laughs> making it up as good as I can remembering it as good as I can in my head. Um, go out on the ice. He's running through the drills with us and we're all looking around. We're like, who the fuck is, who is this guy? And, uh, it gets to be a point where we're talking about some breakdown of some power play or whatever. Our, our practices were awful, but, his name was Tucker. He finally, uh, my, my assistant coach Rod introduced him. He goes, this is my nephew, Tucker. Uh, he's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to be the tough guy for you guys out here. And I'm like, he's like 22. Like he looks like he's our age. I don't know how we're going to be like listening to this guy. We've never met. He doesn't introduce himself. He comes up, he had some good points. He was breaking down the power play really well. Like, okay, you know, whatever, good guy. Um, so it gets to be the end of practice. And, uh, we got about, 10 minutes, 15 minutes left. And my, and my, my head coach, Bruce wants to call it. He's tired. He's an old, really old guy. I think he was probably about 70 something at that point. He's, he says, I'm tired. I want to go home. And I'm like, all right, this isn't new. Uh, I'm like, Bruce, could I have the last 15 minutes to work on some, I had some goalie drills I wanted to do with myself and and my goalie partner. And he's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. So I'm, uh, I, I start trying to bring the pucks together. And all of a sudden I hear him yelling at me from the bench. He's like, hurry the fuck up. I'm like, okay, I'll hurry up. So I'm like actually trying to hurry. I'm like passing the pucks out to my players trying to explain the drill. I'm just trying to explain a drill. It's been maybe a minute. He yells at me again. That's it. Get off the fucking ice. I'm like, I lost it because I'm like, I, I paid for this. I I'm paying to play junior B here. This is local Calgary junior B. I I'm trying to get better in the last 15 minutes. I had a bad day. I kind of blew up on this guy. I was like, 
I'm for the sake of not just swearing like crazy. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. You just want to go home. You lazy piece of shit. Like <laughs> I I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to We're we have a horrible record. I'm trying to use our ice time. We kind of have a bit of an FU match back and forth. And, and like, you know, I, I respected Bruce. I wasn't trying to like demean him at all. And I didn't say anything like that. It was just like, I want to go, I want to play. I've sold on this ice time. So Tucker heard this, right? This is where Tucker comes back into it. I get back in the dressing room and, and uh, Tucker walks in and Bruce and Rod are standing there, not saying anything. And Tucker goes, who's the captain of this team? And he happened to not be there tonight. So someone said, oh, it's, it's, it's Kyle, but he's not here. They he said, okay, well, you tell Kyle, he's got to control his fucking goalie. And I looked at him and I'm like, who even are you, man? Like you, you I don't know who you are. And he's like, get in my fifties. Like, you got the worst stats in the league and you want to come out here and play that shit. And it's like, okay, he's mad at me for yelling at my coach, whatever. Then he goes, that's it. You and me in the parking lot. I'm like, you want me to come fight you in the parking lot? I'm like, I'm, are you crazy? And my coaches are standing there not doing shit. They're just watching this unfold. And also my teammates weren't doing shit. This guy's like getting up in my face. He's like throwing my gear around and I'm untying my skates. Cause I'm like, maybe I have to unfight this guy in this, in the parking lot. Eventually my assistant coach steps in and he goes, all right, that's not happening, but you boys can duel it out later. I'm like, duel it out. I'm 18. You want me to fight this grown man in the parking lot? <laughs> it was just outright. I was like, I, I was going to bring it to the board and just be like, get these guys out of here. But they wanted to bring them back. They wanted to bring Tucker back, even though he tried to fight me in the parking <laughs> lot after practice. So um, that was, that's gotta be my craziest coaching one. Just make, real head scratcher. Like, you don't see a problem with that. There's a grown yeah. man trying to fight me. I don't know. Yeah. That that's, that's decent. That's <laughs> decent. You know, yeah. I, 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 maybe my delivery at times isn't great, but that was one. You know, when I was coaching, were there kids I wanted to say that to? Yeah. But I also realized not the right thing to do. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I, maybe it was warranted. I shouldn't have been blowing up on my coach, but uh, I think I was just like, well, you want to go home. I want to get better. So anyways, yeah. So What's next question, two? what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? Oh, this is where my uncultured uh, swine comes out of me. I would say um, with my limited knowledge of masks, um, there's some in the store that we have that we have hung up. Um, Bunny, I don't know what his name was, his real name. Oh, but Bunny LaRock. Bunny LaRock. He had a, it was a flyer's mask, correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah, she he has we we have them hung up in pro skate. It was his vintage mask, and it looks nasty. I, I love that one. I'm sure you can find it on our yeah, TikTok. Yeah, is that on the one TikTok. where he's got the flyer logo around the eyes going that way? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, I think I don't know why that was one that just came to head. Obviously, I, I actually I like Mike Smith's mask currently the way he does it, where he's paying tribute to uh, the first one is to Mike Vernon. I yep. think that one was pretty nasty. Yeah, I that's love a that pretty with, sweet uh, mask current day um but other than that i don't know too many masks those are kind of the first two that came to my head but yeah those those are two pretty good ones um so the next question it's it's usually uh pretty sentimental for a lot of people what's the your favorite rink that you've played at favorite rink that i've played at i don't even have a sentimental answer to this i think uh well my my team every year we have the junior b classic where we play our rivals in our home barn and I, I guess our that would kind of because of like those games um, from Junior B, I'd say that's my favorite. That so the ranked. I don't know if you saw Braden Point came with the Stanley Cup out onto the ice. Mm-hmm. Did you see that video that was posted? That's my home barn. That's that's oh, nice. my uh, Junior B. That's my rink. So 
yeah, I'd say that South Fish Creek is what it's called, Cardell Rec now or something. Um, probably my favorite one. That and that and uh, there's a rink in Calgary called the Pepperdome. Not the actual name, but it's a tiny, tiny little shitty, smelly rink. But that's where a lot of our junior B games were versus uh, the Royals. So those two, those two for sure. Awesome, awesome. Next question: What's your favorite stick that you've ever used? Stick. Yeah. Oh. Well, I would say the one that sticks out in my head, I had a warrior swagger. It was like, it was the heaviest composite stick, but it was my first, I had wood sticks before this, my first composite sticks. I bought it a 25 inch paddle when I was like nine years old. I don't know who let me do that. Um, I would say sentimentally, I was that one I, I held on to for a while, but my favorite stick that I've ever used probably has to be, um, CCM, uh, eflex five. If I didn't break so many, I actually only broke like one or two of them, but, um, just, it was so wit. It, it was like not too whippy, great on the puck. Um, great for deflecting rebounds. Yeah. I'd say eflex five would be, uh, probably the best stick. See, I, I'm still, I'm an old goalie. So I still use the, uh, foam cores. I, I'm one of those guys. I like, like the heavier sticks. Make the switch, Joe, make it's, the switch. It's, it's five. I've converted so many people in this store but it's fair. That's fine. I think it's, it's more the feel that I think guys like mm-hmm. it's the feel of, of pucks coming off of it. I just hate how soft they get at, at my age. It's the price tag that I like. <laughs> well, even the, yeah, fair enough. You can get some pretty low price point. Like the, um, I mean, they barely, you can barely find phone core sticks anymore now, yeah. right? You kinda, it's you're gonna becoming to, harder. Absolutely. Way harder. Yeah. So I think, uh, I mean, even the middle or bottom price points from, from Bauer are decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, or from C- yeah, Bauer and CCM. They decent Yeah. Consider it. Have you tried one out recently? Not recently, no, but I, I have a feeling my next stick is probably going to be a composite no. stick. So it's coming. I know. I, I'm yeah. bracing Hit myself. Up your nerd. I'm sure he's got a hundred of them in his garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's your favorite <laughs> youth hockey memory? Youth hockey. Oh. I, I should have prepared. I didn't really, I guess I can't really prepare for questions. I don't know. Yeah. Um, youth hockey. That's a really good one. Um, I would say my favorite one is actually just like a funny story. So when I was in, when I was in Bantam, uh, I played pretty elite level hockey. And then um, my next year I had some issues with uh I, I don't want to call it politics. Everyone blames it on that, but I had some issues and I got dropped down to like a lower, lower team, like a, like a really low team decided not to play there. And uh, I was pretty gutted that I was, I wasn't just going to, I just wasn't going to play hockey for this one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got an offer to play midget one when I was, I think I was 13. Like I was even young for my age group. So I went out and I played midget uh, community hockey for my local community team, which was not bad hockey because they were so much older than me, but I remember just being like so disappointed that I wasn't playing, you know, elite level hockey anymore. And, and I was nervous as hell. I'm like, I'm going, I'm like barely even pubescent. Like I had, I was a late bloomer. <laughs> I looked at 10 years old and I was going to play with 18, 17 year olds. Yeah. And I was shitting my pants going into the dressing room. And I remember I walked in and I couldn't, couldn't remember this guy's name for the life of me, but he was the captain. He was 18 vet veteran guy. And he came up and he like shook my hand right away like patted me on the back, introduced me to everybody. And I was just like taken aback by how, like, I have never had more fun than that year. I think, well, I mean, for how disappointed I was going into the season, 
to go and just play with a group of guys that are like absolute degenerates, first of all, but like great guys. Like I actually really enjoyed all of them. And I, and I remember that guy that, that uh, shook my hand, he drove me home and he smoked chain smoked like 10 darts windows up driving me (laughs) home that day. But I loved it. I'm like, I'm getting introduced to all those guys. So I think walking into that dressing room and just having guys that you don't even know, and I'm terrified of just welcome me with open arms. I think that was probably that stands out to me as being my favorite from youth hockey. Nice. That's a good one. You know, and I I think it's a good lesson for younger hockey players. Like, you know, Oh, be that guy that welcomes the new one. Uh, It it can make a world of difference. So the, the, the next question, what's the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, directed at you, not directed at you? <laughs> oh, God. So this is a, I don't know, maybe this is just good to me. Um, and it's fucking me. It's a mean one. Um, I, it, and it was my brother actually who said it. So my brother was the captain <laughs> of my junior B team. And uh, <clears throat> we had this guy on the other team uh, <laughs> on, on the North Stars. And... <clears throat> met almost like medically fascinated. I think he must've had some sort of, Oh, can I even say that? I'm going to say it. He, he didn't have a chin. It was like very weak chin, but he had a big mouth in terms of how he was talking. Like he would chirp and chirp and chirp. And, uh, my, my brother's on the bench and I'm on the bench. I'm back up for that game, whatever. And this guy, like, I think he was looking for his mouth guard or something. And it was just like, so quick. He was like, what are you looking for down there? 12. And he like said, like, oh, fuck you. He's like, well, are you looking for your chin? Because I don't think you're going to find it down there. <laughs> and the whole bench just lost it. And it shut this guy up. It was, I almost felt bad for him. But to this day, I just, I, I think that is just, if I felt bad, but at the same time, he's a little bit of a shithead. So I think that yep. was a, a good one. Maybe if I, I, I'm sure if I had more time, I could think of a better one. But that was, that was good. It, it was it's always fun when you can shut the uh, opposing team's chatterbox up absolutely absolutely yeah. yeah uh so what's the worst post-game beer you've had the worst po- like yeah. the brand yeah <laughs> i would say um i haven't had very many post-game beers in my day i think uh funny probably when i was like 16 15 maybe even uh after after a, a summer tournament we had this one guy from saskatchewan one of my buddies brennan schwork and he brought out the Pilsner and I've never had a Pilsner before and I will never have another Pilsner again. That shit is disgusting. I would rather drink garbage waste than drink a Pilsner. That was awful. After summer hockey, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm 50, 16. I'm going to have a beer with the boys. And I took a sip and not everyone else didn't really like him as much, but they were finishing them. And I'm like, I guess I finished this. And I just gritted my teeth and drank this dumpster water. If you're from Saskatchewan, I don't care. Pilsner is disgusting. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, is Pilsner even a beer in the States? It, it's a style of beer, but it's, it's a kind not... of beer. It's a style yeah. of beer. Yeah. But there's a beer brand in Saskatchewan. I just realized bro, okay. people, it's awful. It's disgusting. Never drink it. I was, was going to say, you're, you're going to have to give a pill, a good Pilsner, a good shot, but that makes sense if it's a brand. It's not, a brand. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. It's not a kind. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I've had some good Pilsners in, the, in my day, but uh, no, that, that makes enough. more sense. Uh, yeah. So when you tape your sick, do you go toe to heel or heel to toe? <clears throat> uh, heel to toe. I actually, okay. and actually, I got a pretty specific ritual with it. It's uh, I think it's kept my sticks together over the years. Two strips of tape uh, on the bottom, one at the heel, one at the toe, mm-hmm. right? Because I find that a lot of times to- the toe of the goalie stick gets worn out fast. 
Mm-hmm. So I would do one, I'd do a strip of tape or maybe even two on the toe and then heel to toe with toe tape. But I would, I'd only go like halfway up the blade. I don't, I don't like the look of that full, like wrap around the curve of the, of the blade. I don't know. Some, some guys out there like that, but I think it looks a little greasy. I, I go about that far because when I first started, that's the way Eddie Belfort did his, yeah. and, you know, so yeah. familiarity. I mean, uh, my, the first stick I owned and wasn't association owned was a, uh, Titan goalie stick and Dominic Hoshik was the Hawks backup. And, um, I don't know why, but I, I was drawn to Hoshik back then when he was so Hawks backup and he taped it about a third of the way up that paddle. And so I did the yeah. same thing and it was like, Oh my God, I still have that stick. So I had Bobby Hall and Stan Makita sign it. And that is the heaviest stick I ever played with. And I oh, use it as a squirt. It's a weapon. Yeah. It's a weapon. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, no wonder I still like those heavy foam core sticks because I use probably the heaviest goalie stick ever is, <laughs> you know, my first few years playing. Uh, so yeah. what's your favorite number to wear and why? <clears throat> uh, 34. Haven't been able to wear it much in my career um, because of limited Jersey availability. Apparently it's not a very popular Jersey to have, but Mika Kippersoff growing up in Calgary, he was the man all-time best flames goalie. Um, in my opinion, I think Mike Vernon's up there as well, obviously, but I, I, uh, I idolized him, my room. That's the only player I've ever idolized. I didn't really care for anybody else. I was my, my first ever email was mini Mika at live.ca. Yeah. Just (laughs) giving that out, but, um, yeah, it's 34. So I only got to wear it a couple times, spring hockey, maybe some tournaments. I tried to wear it in junior B. They wouldn't make me it, which was kind of bullshit. I had to go wear 31 lame carry price. Yeah. Love uh, Carey see, price, but I'd rather wear Kipper's number. I hear 31 and I think of Jeff Hackett right away is a Hawks fan. <laughs> ah, see Carey price is for me. I think of that. Yep. Right away. Yeah. Yeah. I I've, I've been fortunate enough. I, I uh, went to Todd Miska's shop. He painted uh, Kipper's mask and he had a few of the older ones on the wall. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. He, and uh, Miska's son is now playing for color. He's in the Colorado organization. He was playing further. AHL team and yeah. Todd also painted Eddie Belfour. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter Miska. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Todd painted Eddie Belfour's uh, eagle mask, most notably the one he had in Dallas, where it had the eagle and the feathers and everything. So right. when Hunter started with Colorado, he came out wearing the eagle mask. And it was like, if there's one person that can get away with that, whose last name isn't Belfour, I think it's <laughs> Hunter Miska because his dad yeah. painted. It, it was pretty cool to see that Absolutely. Um, he's got another awesome looking mask now. And um, I, I think he gets, I, I remember, in. I feel like I've seen his style. doesn't what, what pads does he wear? Is he a Bauer guy? Is he a Digiprint? Uh, he, he had some last year in the off season, but uh, he's been a Vaughn guy for many years. And so, and huh. in fact, when his uh, Digiprint pads came out, I, I quickly sent goalie gear nerd a uh, message. Cause he, posted a picture of you know the digiprint and i was like yeah mm-hmm. surprising that he's out of on and he's like yeah we forgot about that thanks for bringing that one up I was like pat, pat myself on the back i got cool <laughs> nerd some uh, intel there <laughs> yeah yeah that's crazy um so the, the last question is what advice do you have for young goaltenders <clears throat> well I think a lot of pieces, I think a lot of my advice, anywhere that I can add um, good advice to the game is going to be less on like a technical side. Even when I'm coaching, 
I try and focus a lot more on like the mental game you're mm-hmm. uh, we talking about earlier with, uh, <clears throat> with taking time in the off season and throughout the year to not just think about hockey all the time. And, and I, you know, I, I stress that quite a bit because you're going to want to, because you're going to want to feel like you need to get the edge to get better and train more and do more. And I, I deal with so many kids like um, right now I'm coaching a, a little bit of a kid named Colton Scott. I guarantee he's going to listen to this kid's a lunatic, but um, <laughs> I, he, he's a kid that I, I think some guys can handle it, but you don't just want to handle it. You want to, you want to experience other things in life other than hockey. Um, but some guys cannot handle it and shouldn't have to handle year round training and, and beating mm-hmm. up your body and your mind. Cause you need to have other things in your life. So I think that without going into too much of a speech has got to be my number one piece, like do other things, have fun. If you have opportunities, like you said, to go on a vacation or to go and play another sport, um, even if it's not serious, it's like go and do that. I mean, obviously at a certain point, you know, if you get into major midget hockey, you can't do that other stuff, but while you're young and you have time, an extra 10 ice times in the summer is not going to make or break your whole fucking career. No. And excuse my language, but I just, I think that that is so vital. And, and uh, not a lot of kids want to do that anymore. And I, what can I say? I get, I get why they want to do it. It's such a competitive world out there, but you got to leave time for other things in your mind and in your life. Well, I, I forget who the goalie was. I was either talking to or listening to, but they were talking about, how COVID may have actually helped some of these families that were like, we can't take family vacations because it'll hurt their, you know, progression in the sport. And then COVID came and they couldn't skate. Didn't Mm -hmm. matter how much they wanted to, it wasn't an option. Um, You know, depending on where you were, local governments weren't even letting you skate on outdoor rinks. Um, Oh man. Yeah. That was a thing here. um, You know, it's like, COVID maybe let these people know like, yeah, my kid can take a week or two off for that family vacation. We can do something, you know, yeah. with the other kids and they're going to be okay. They're, they're going to have that muscle memory two weeks from now. If we tell them you need to take a, a break, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, you, you look at some of the greats of the game and they would take the whole summer off. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, <clears throat> you need a little bit of time to get back into it. That's why I'm picking up pickup skates where I can here and there is the uh, fall mm-hmm. season draws near so that uh, I, I know my teammates haven't skated since COVID. So I better be on my game. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, they better bring two things need to happen with the, the start of the new season. A, they better bring me lots of beer and B they better pick me up for games. Cause I shouldn't be in a state to drive home after. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Nate, it's been awesome talking to you. Where can folks find you on social media if they want to follow you? Well, uh, you can find me at NATO Hedrick, but if you, I think if you want to follow more of what I do, uh, you can follow pro skate goal. Um, that's where I'll be for the winter here for retail. Um, and then glass goaltending. I think those are two main things. I think that, uh, you'll see a lot of cool stuff coming from, from Jeff and myself in the future here. Um, and also with pro skate, um, I think that, I don't know, it's, I don't want to plug it too hard, but I do think that pro skate, we do, we do things a lot differently there than mm-hmm. with a lot of other companies and can provide a lot of really good knowledge and some good entertainment. I mean, if you've seen my TikToks, you know, you know what, what's up. So you can follow on TikTok as well. Yeah. Pro skate goal. Well, I, I'm a little old for TikTok. I think if I were on it, <laughs> no one's um, too old for TikTok, Joe. Come my on, my nieces on would have something to say. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been following Proscape for a while. 
just because I love seeing all the different uh, sets that come out of there. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, if, for, if nothing else, follow to see that we do more custom gear at our store than pretty much anywhere in, in North America. Give, I mean, give or take, obviously, pure goalie is going to do way more than us, but yep. um, it's awesome. Yeah, it, custom gear is like 90% of my job and I would have it no other way. Yeah. It's uh, it's fantastic. We also have a website now, Pro Skate Goal. I'm talking, I haven't, I'm going back there. I didn't I haven't worked there over the summer, but um, you go to proskategoal.com or .ca and, and shop some stuff there too. That's awesome. Well, it's it's been fun chatting. I know we could probably keep going on and on, but uh, <laughs> I That's have usually some, how it goes. I have some tile work around a fireplace to do tonight at home. We're in the middle of a <laughs> massive first floor home renovation that includes a new kitchen, new flooring, oh, new fireplace. So it's like every every free moment is uh, dedicated to that. <laughs> Absolutely no, I wouldn't want to take you away from that. That'd stress me the hell out too. But I, I really do appreciate you having. Like I said, I've never been on the other side of the, of the interview and, uh, it's been awesome. I, it was great to meet you and, and hopefully people can enjoy listening to something I said. Yeah, I, I think they will. I, I know I've enjoyed it. So thank you. I appreciate it. It's not surprising that when two goalies chat, the conversation tends to go off the rails a little bit, but Nate and I got on a few more tangents than normal. Nate was a fun guy to talk to about equipment, coaching, podcasts, and just about any topic we brought up today I think we could have turned into a full episode on its own. Be sure to follow Nate on Instagram at Nato Hendrick, N-A-T-O-H-E-D-R-I-C-K, and follow ProSkate Goal at ProSkate Goal on Instagram, and don't forget about Glass Goaltending at Glass Goaltending on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA podcast network show where a couple of beer leaguers talk beer league hockey, draft experience, shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. The show is hosted by Nick Jones and previous Sunday Talk guest Trish Dangle. Be sure to check out the full lineup of Hockey Relay podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are just too many to list here, but go, go to the website and pick one out that you think you'll enjoy. In fact, pick out a few. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. As always, I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. And let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. Get on the train, it takes me away. Not gonna see you for a while. Why? It's an away game, it's an away game.
Just us two, just us two, just us two, yeah. 